Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Four, three, two, one. Welcome to episode 61 of the Have We Made It Yet podcast. This is the podcast where two creatives and their guest today, which I'm so excited for, talks about the process of making it. I am Lucas Ng, the actor portion of this podcast, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Yang, the uh, comedian portion of this podcast. Yes, he is. And with that sexy ass voice, I am so happy that I get to hear it again, just because I get to ask him the question, which is what makes our podcast? I guess what makes our podcast have that special sauce, Mm. the through line as it is. Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? I have not made it yet. No. And you know what? There's, I mean, I did my second show that I managed to do uh, since coming back during the summer and the pandemic. It was pretty nice. I was able to retry some some new jokes, new material. I had somebody from work actually come join join me for the first time, which was interesting because uh, like I started a new job last September and it was all digital, all work from home. So I literally had not met anybody from my work. And then, uh, yeah, it just so happened to... Uh, have a coworker who lived real close to the bar that we were doing that comedy show and show up. And it was nice to, nice to share that comedy uh, with somebody at work. So it's kind of like blending a bit of two different lives. So, so yeah, that was a fun night. It was a fun night. I mean, you were there as well. And yeah, uh, it was great. And if anyone has not yet seen his YouTube set yet, uh, recorded at the CBC Glenn Gould theater, check it out. But also, he has some new material that he also featured, and it seamlessly went into his set, too. So it was good job. Two thumbs up, man. Thank you. Thank you. I felt like it, it was uh, definitely tried two new premises uh, that I felt like stayed true to, to my style and also my voice. So I think it it, it really uh, came off. It came off well. So, yeah, happy that I was able to try it and get some good good results. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um we did talk about this before we started recording, but uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to do the throw, though. Do you have All a joke right. of the week? Joke of the week. Yeah, apparently. And I completely forgot about this, but apparently I used to do this at the beginning of uh, our episodes where I would just put in a joke of the week as, you know, kind of a thing to get me uh, into the stage of writing. And I didn't do anything for a long time because I forgot about it. But Lucas reminded. So, OK, I'll give it a try. This one I came up with, which is uh recently i'm not too sure if it's that great but okay so you know we have to be careful with what we say these days because uh, people can misinterpret the the things we say yeah um so for instance it's all about context so like it makes sense it's it's right in a court of law for a lawyer to um defend their innocent client by saying it's a miscarriage of justice right but 
you know, in that situation, you can say miscarriage of justice. It's appropriate. But in different situations, it's just, it's can be different. Like it's just about the worst thing you could possibly say to a grieving mother. And uh, yeah, so I got it. It was a little wordy in the middle, but I think I can clean it up a bit more. But it was, yeah, you just play on that. Anyways, yeah, so that I was like my it. attempt at uh, a joke back. <laughs> at doing it. Anyway, moving on, moving on uh, with this miscarriage of justice joke. Um, Lucas, hey, you mm-hmm. know what? Have you made it yet? You know what? Um, no, I have not made it yet. But Josh, high energy, Josh, high energy, Josh. High, high energy, high energy, because I'm mo- mainly mostly low energy. But uh, back to you. So you haven't okay. made it yet. No, no, not, not yet, not yet. And um, so, you know, like this summer, I'm trying to be really productive. You know, uh, I can only control the things that I can control. So, of course, um, this year, I'm like, you know what? 2020 was a write-off for a lot of people. And uh, I did not want to continue on with that kind of uh, non-activity. So, of course, this last summer, I updated my headshots and I got them back recently. And I'm like, okay, Lucas, thank goodness that you still worked a job where you're not constantly sitting. Because if you did, your headshots would just make you look so bloated all the damn time. Um, I got them back. I'm like, okay, you look all right. You look all right. Okay, let's let's hopefully let's get those Christmas movies because... I want those. I want those Hallmark movies right now. That's my next goal. Um, I did an audition today. Felt good about it. It was for a major, um, major client. So my girlfriend also told me to stop telling people that I did auditions. So I'm just going to keep it at that. <laughs> it's just because it builds up expectations. And then people are like, how's it going? I'm like, I didn't book it as per usual. So, yeah. hey, hey, you know what? This podcast, if we can't talk about these auditions and, and not, not you know, booking them, it's all pro- prior to the uh, making it process. So exactly. It's, it's all it's all the the uh, the stuff they do in the kitchen, you know, to, to make your meal. So, yeah, 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 true. Like I've been watching a lot of eater videos on YouTube recently. And uh, dude, what goes on behind the scenes in a Michelin star restaurant? Like good on them. Like they put in the hours. I only get to see the plate, but. Ugh. Speaking about plating and cooking, there's no segue into this one, but I did want to introduce our next guest. Okay. <laughs> um, are you ready, Josh? I'm ready. I'm ready. Hit me. Uh, I don't want to hit you. Uh, you know, anyways, <laughs> who's the guest? Okay. Our next guest here. So I met him in 2012. It, I, I can't believe that when I say 2012, it, for some reason, I still think it's 2016 right now, but that's almost, that is nine years ago now. So I met this guest nine years ago when I was living in Hong Kong. Um, 2012 in Hong Kong was one of the most formative years in my life. So this this person that I met came at a really formative time in my life. I was honored to be invited to one of our mutual mates of stag. And so all of us guys went to, Shen, uh, went to Stormy's in LKF for a drink before we boarded the ferry to Macau. What a night that was, as most of our outing will not be shared on this podcast, but it was a great intro for me to our next guest here. We kept in contact ever since, and sometimes I'd even see him at Fox International Channels, where I used to work at, doing like voiceover work for our commercials and everything. Even though my time in Hong Kong ended, I'd still see him kill in the acting game, with acting in movies alongside Andy Lau, Steven Seagal, and even Louis Koo. 
He's had appearances in the Pacific Rim franchise and has done stunt work for the Expendables series. He's a multi-talented actor, both stage and film, and also a voice actor, a stunt performer, and most recently, an acting coach at the Actors Gym, which is Hong Kong's first professional acting studio. Please give it up for the amazingly talented Mr. Jai Day. Ooh, speaking of plating and eating, it's Jai Day. <laughs> hey, there, Lucas. Hey, by the way, you would kill a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh, thank you. You would you absolutely too. crush it, man. Oh, man. That's the dream, man. That's the dream right now because it's union and I need those gigs right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing oh, this show. Quick clarification I was not a stunt guy on The Expendables, I was oh. Randy Couture's body double. So I was his elbow for a couple of seats. That's all. Oh. <laughs> we will clarify that. A time ago. Yeah, thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> awesome. Um, as to start off with every show, Mr. Jai Day, mm-hmm. have you made it yet? Oh, no. <laughs> but thanks Straight. for asking. Yeah, Straight yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what is, what is make? I mean, if you, if I spoke to my, 18 year old self, you know, and I'm like, Hey, this is, these are the things that I've done. I've worked with these people. They would have been like, Holy shit, you've made it. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's no way, you know, I'm not where I want to be. Um, at the end of my career, you know, mm-hmm. still working on it day by day, plugging away. Nice. You know, nice. Taking opportunities when they come. I love it. It's a work in progress, man. Um, can you nail it down though? Like what would be your it in making it? I think it changes, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, for a while it would have been having good consistent work, right? Mm-hmm. Something like TV show or something like that. For a while it would have been working with these, with whoever else, you know, Andy Lau or Jackie Chan or someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, I don't know that you ever make it, right? I think it's a, a view back on your life, right? And that's like mm-hmm. the, you can encapsulate it in that. Um, but I think being respected by your peers, right? Nice. Um, that's probably it, right? Being respected and being like valued in your industry. That's probably making it. Or oh, just making a fuck out of the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're in showbiz, boys. You know, uh, money flows. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, so I, I did want to start from the very beginning of like your your pathway into into your acting game and all that. Um, I did try to do some research, but it's, but I, the earliest thing that I got was from like 2015 when you're doing like Macbeth on stage and everything. Um, can you go into a bit more detail about what was your first spark into wanting to go into acting and what has kept you motivated? I'm a mystery novel. Before <laughs> 2015, there's nothing. No, uh, I always wanted to be an actor right, since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know this. We had like a pretty, I have quite an interesting like, childhood. My parents like raised me on a boat from when I was like six months old. So we were sailing around Australia and like uh, Thailand, Philippines, that kind of thing. Oh, wow. um, so it was really cool. Just super adventurous. Crazy, crazy. Like yeah. as a adult now, <laughs> I think of raising a kid on a boat just sounds like the worst idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, like in terms of longevity for my child, it sounds like 
an awful idea. Um, but I think having adventurous parents and like dreamers kind of mm -hmm. just like set in me from a very young age that you can do whatever you want to do. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd always wanted to be an actor. Um, so after university, I went off to LA in 2007 or something like that. Something like that. It was 20-ish, 21. Uh, went off to the US, studied, uh, started working, started going for auditions and things like that. Um, then I booked my first like feature lead thing back then in 2009, I think. Nice. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a great movie called Virus X. Sounds timely. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does, again, <laughs> and for the rest of time. Um, and then in 2010, came back to Hong Kong. At the end of 2010, came back to Hong Kong and I've been out here, well, out here and in the US, kind of back and forth since then. Mm, nice. Yeah. And, and has Hong Kong been your home base ever since? Well, I was raised in Hong Kong, so it's, oh, been, nice. it's been like my home base for most of my life, but ish-ish, uh, nice. yeah, mm -hmm. nice. it has. And, and I did want to, you, you already kind of touched upon that too at the same time, but um. You know, when you did your stage performance at Macbeth, you got like rave reviews and everything like that too. Yeah. How how have you kind of somewhat like navigated the difference between uh, being a stage actor and being a film and TV actor? Because I'm, would you say that those are two like pretty, pretty almost opposing forces within acting? I don't. Mm, I think the only opposing forces within those two sides are the time commitment. Time. You know, oh. like because if, if you're going to be doing a play that's going to be running every night and you've got rehearsals five times a week, it's yeah. difficult mm -hmm. to do like a six month movie or something like that. Yeah. Um, in terms of the acting, it's the same thing, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. um, the there's a unless unless you're like top level theater, the money is very different too. The money and the time right. commitment for return is a lot so that's another thing to take into consideration when you're trying to survive mm -hmm. you know what i mean but i am doing a, a kid show in october nice whoa you look guys calm yourselves i know you're big fans you're looking at the gruffalo so there you go oh, oh resounding you can hear oh yeah the cheers yeah 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 man that's that's a cool gig man that's a new audience to have yeah. 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 My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> do, you do, do you do any? Oh, yeah. Sorry, Josh. Sorry. No, I was, I was going to ask, is it like um, voice work? Because I know you did voice work on uh, some other shows. I think also kind of like kids shows as well. Or is it like a, a live live role? No, this is live theater. This is like oh, a big costume, theater. roaming around, singing songs, dancing. Nice. Know. Nice. Yeah. Good fun. Something different for a change. Oh, man, the choreography must be on point, man. Oh, that's it. It will be. It will be. Not right now. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, man. Um, yeah, so I also did want to ask you, like, during, you know, we're in kind of, uh, like, unprecedented times right now in yeah. 2020 and also 2021 there. Uh, but based on your IMDb, you had, like, close to five projects come out within these, within this year and also, like, last year, too, with, like, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hong Kong and and Andy Lau's uh, Shockwave 2. How yeah. have you managed to stay so busy when most of us are like trying to like climb up for work right now? 
I don't know. The, um, <laughs> those films actually were shot before the pandemic. I think uh-huh. they just had a bit of a tough time coming up because in Hong Kong, it was also the protests and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that was actually more of a hindrance to the industry in Hong Kong than mm-hmm. the coronavirus has been. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually pretty, they were actually pretty good with um, keeping the work flowing during COVID, especially TV. I did a TV series called uh, Flying Tigers. Mm-hmm. I'm the uh, terrorist prince bad guy called Leo Argandia. Um, so that's fun. That, that kept me going for like a good six months. Nice. nice. Yeah. And, and, and how have you, you know, when, when, when like work may not be flowing as fast and everything like that, how have you kept yourself motivated and also inspired at the same time to keep going? Well, I think that's a personal thing, right? You have to, especially as an actor, right? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, all of us, right? Actors and comedians, you have to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to just turn it off and be like, oh, I know. there's no work. My agent isn't calling me. I'm going to play Xbox and drink beer until I die. Yeah. Um, but you have to be motivated, right? I mean, even in terms of like characters, nobody likes to see a victim. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're working on a character, if you think of your life as working on a character, nobody wants to see you play a victim. Everybody wants to see you overcome something. Mm-hmm. Right. So classes, look for classes. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been doing some great classes with Anthony Brandon Wong. He was my uh, acting coach in L.A. like 12 years ago. Nice. Uh, I've been doing Zoom classes with him. Just mm-hmm. great. Uh, I started a school right studio with exactly. a couple of my improv friends in Hong Kong, <laughs> uh, which is really cool because I've been waiting waiting and hoping that somebody would start like a la style studio studio in hong kong mm-hmm. for over 10 years and nobody has so i'm like yeah, well, fuck it. i'm gonna do it myself yeah so yeah. we started this thing and it's just a great place where everybody can share their specialty you know mm-hmm. like and like uh, i'm taking classes there. i'm taking voice classes with isaac who's a professional opera singer yeah um Wow. Davina, one of the other one of the other founders, is teaching uh, Meisner because that's her thing. <laughs> it's great, man. Yeah. Definitely, we, we do want to talk about the actors' gym because that's so surprising mm-hmm. that you know uh, Hong Kong cinema has is is pretty prestigious, but it's amazing that yeah. it's like the first uh, the actors' gym is the first professional acting studio in Hong Kong. Um, w- what have you learned about yourself? being now also a coach and an actor what have you learned about yourself um i have learned that i'm quite patient nice. um, mm. yeah i'm quite patient mm-hmm. and uh and i've learned that i really don't like when people aren't prepared so sorry so you, when you, people you're... when people aren't prepared oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i really don't like them. um mm-hmm. So if people are selfish and not prepared, they decide that oh, they don't want to come to class tonight or, you know, they don't, they don't want to have rehearsal. They're just going to wing it. I think, that, I think, um, well, especially for the class that I run, that's a prerequisite. You have to be willing to do, this is something you have to sign before you join the class. You have to be willing to do multiple hours of work every week outside of class. Um, and you not not let you seem by down because if you if you don't do the work, or if you don't make time for your scene partner, or if you don't show up to class, then you've wasted your scene partner's time, mm-hmm. right? And it's really just that's just really selfish. Yeah, and you know, 
do you, do you find that there is an overwhelming drive within Hong Kong to to artistically take the acting craft to a new level? There's a swell, right? There's a ground awesome. swell. I think I think the thing is that people want to, especially people who like just get into it, right? Mm-hmm. They get into because it's quite easy to get into movies in Hong Kong if you want. Oh, okay. You know, like I'll give you a machine gun. You can run down a corridor. <laughs> you know, as like a extra or as like a featured extra, you could be a terrorist in a Hong Kong movie. Mm-hmm. It, uh, but um, what once people have done that, they don't know where to go next, right? Yeah. Because I mean, are you is the next step really to go to like Rada or NIDA or something like some huge school? Mm-hmm. Um, there's no sort of intermediary. You can go to APA or something like that, Academy of Performing Arts. Oh, okay. Um, but if you want specific skills, like the the workshop I just taught, takes you through like building your resume, headshots, your reel, mm-hmm. uh, how to do auditions, how to act on set. You know. Yeah. What things, what a side it's, right? Like people don't even know what sides are. People don't know, oh. you know, just like the lingo, how to act on set. Don't go and immediately take a selfie with the star. Don't bring your phone to set. Don't like, you know, text in between scenes. Make sure you yeah. do the same thing every time in a scene. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's something nobody tells you, really. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, just the basics. You know? Nice. And I'm yeah. hoping, hoping it'll like, you know, develop a, a good culture in the industry. Yeah. Is is this more so like a continuation of like the experiences you've had on on like Hong Kong sets? Or, you know, is it something about like Hong Kong sets that have their also unique way of of doing um, productions and, and shooting films? Is there is there like a maybe like a, a cultural difference of just the actual filmmakers? that are more like say local or like only Cantonese speaking versus a more international crew? Well, I think, I think one thing is right. There's usually um, the style around Hong Kong filmmaking versus like Hollywood filmmaking. So there's usually mm-hmm. not as much money, right? Mm-hmm. So people tend to shoot things faster um, and longer. Uh, oh. I remember doing Shockwave, Shockwave one, actually it was, Really cool. They rebuilt like a whole whole tunnel. I don't know if you guys know the Cross Harbor Tunnel, mm. right? They like rebuilt a tunnel out wow. in the New Territory somewhere. Wow! Um, but everybody was there, right? Everybody was just in this tunnel for like weeks, um, and it was like eighteen hours back to back days for like five or six days, right? Which is crazy. Which is like crazy for an extra. Yeah. Right? But. Think of Herman Yao, the director, who's there before everybody else. He like leaves after everybody else, just never sleeps. It's crazy. I think just Hong Kong filmmaking is just, I mean, hey, I'm not saying an 18 hour workday is good. <laughs> I, I, I actually don't think it's much more productive, but if you can justify like, if you can shoot two days worth in one day, that tends to happen a lot in Hong Kong. Wow, that is not union so, standards. That's crazy. No. No, so I mean, like, the less, the less mistakes you can make, the faster your day is going to be. So, so overall, like, how long did that whole um, sequence in in the tunnel take? Then, I don't know. I wasn't there for the whole thing, but oh, I, okay. but it was it was a while. You know, I mean, it, it justified building the thing. The whole <laughs> movie is set in the tunnel, right? So it's like, did you ever see right. daylight? with Sylvester Stallone, 
Uh, oh, no, sorry, no. No, no. okay. It's sort of <laughs> like that. It's sort of like a daylight situation with terrorists. It's pretty. pretty well, that's a great movie, though, guys. We should watch that. Wow. Well, I will. Yeah. will. Um, man, that, that just blows my mind. 18 hour days on set. Like, you're seeing the sun rise up sometimes, too, then, and also seeing mm-hmm. it set. So you're shooting like two days worth. Yeah, like what you said, two days worth in one day. That's yeah, insane. It doesn't um, happen all the time. It just happens. Yeah. Mm hmm. Um, so you, you briefly touched upon it about what you're teaching right now to your, to your current students and everything. Um, I also see that you also teach audition classes, um, Mm -hmm. at the actor's gym and everything. Um, you know, like, like when I go into an audition and everything like that, uh, when I used to do, you know, it was all like a pretty quick process, you know, five minutes in and you do your thing. Now it's all self tapes. Uh, what, what, yeah. What kind of. I guess what kind of techniques or like or tips do you give to new students that are navigating this world of self tapes now? Uh, I will. There's a, a lot of tips. Um, mm-hmm. First of all, it's your time, right? Mm-hmm. So don't feel. A lot of times, people feel like they have to rush through. You yeah. know, they want to just rush through this and get it done as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's your time. Take as long as you need. Yeah. Uh, but with the self tape, my big advice would be treat it like a real audition. Mm, okay you know like be prepared mm-hmm. treat it like an audition shoot maybe two or three takes mm-hmm. you know and then if you have a different a different angle or whatever different objective something try try you shoot two or three on that as well mm-hmm. but it's really 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 easy and i do it all the time so this is from personal experience mm-hmm. to film <laughs> like 50 takes wow well, you know, you just film 50 takes because you want the perfect one. And each one is just like a little bit different, right? right? And you're like, ooh, I really like the ending of this one. Or I like the beginning of this one. Because then you're really like editing it together and like choosing the right take for days, hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just really makes your life difficult. No doubt. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, treat it like a real audition. Nice. And and how is the the casting circles within Hong Kong? Are there like three main casting houses in, in Hong Kong? And, and how does the audition process happen in that city? Uh, in Hong Kong, there's more, there's not just three uh, casting companies. It's, it's, it's quite big. It's quite different. The thing with uh, agencies in Hong Kong is that a mm-hmm. lot of the time, it's not like the US where you'll be exclusive to one. You know, unless you've got like a big uh, management company backing you. Yeah. Um, which is a thing that happens. A lot of the production houses have management arms. So mm-hmm. it'd be like Sun Productions or whatever, Golden Harvest, they'll have their own pool of talent. Yeah. Um, otherwise, everybody is with multiple agents. Oh, right? interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so sometimes you'll be sent for the same job through a couple of people and you're like, well, guys, I don't know. <laughs> Who should I go with? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, a, a lot of times it's it's uh, through your connections. Hmm. You know, you'll get auditions through your connections, or it'll be um, through a breakdown service. Sort of mm, nice, nice. It's yeah. just like the the difference that I feel within the Hong Kong cinema is that it's. I, I just see a lot of the uh, the same people coming in and out like i know one of our mutual friends uh S- sebastian uh um, oh yeah 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 big like, seb, uh, big seb. I, I know he, he's he's buff as hell he was yeah. in, he was in he was in both shockwaves as well 
I, I noticed that on his Instagram story. He was he was that guy holding the machine gun a few times and everything. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It just seems like it, it's you, you see a lot of the same faces coming in and out and everything like that. So it seems like a really close knit community that you do see from set to set. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a small place, mm. really. Hong Kong is quite a small place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who want to be actors in Hong Kong is also pretty small. Oh, yeah. Uh, right, because it's like a finance town. Right? It's not really, uh, well, I don't know. Because there's, there's different ways to go through it, right? If, if you're uh, local, Cantonese, mm-hmm. you can speak Cantonese, then you can definitely go through the TVB track, mm-hmm. you know, and then you, you like do the training, then you get into the programs and things like that. And it's like a career path, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but for everybody else, take what you can there we are it's that yeah, hustle man yeah that's it but seb is another he's actually a great example of um one of these guys who got into it and then was just like oh how do i how do i get better uh, he's taking classes with me one-on-one coaching all sorts of stuff he's like a super dedicated guy awesome awesome yeah that that's really the thing that i learned about living in, in hong kong though it is it is a city that's built on just pure self-motivation. I mean, the city is already motivated in itself in terms of its long working hours. But if you have a dream within that city, you can, for the most part, accomplishment so long as you're willing to put in the time, which is a lot of time. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that the same everywhere? I, I don't I, I don't know. In sometimes, like, I, I kind of feel like sometimes in, in, like, sleepier cities in Canada, it's like the resources are just not there at times but i feel like in, in hong kong like if you have an idea you can you can make it happen so long as you are willing to put in the time yeah okay okay mm-hmm. yeah i um, think you just gotta try harder lucas <laughs> thank you thank you thank just you. gotta light that little fire in your belly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um I, I did also want to ask you because you've had like a variety of roles and everything like that yeah. um what would be kind of i guess who would you who would be your like dream collaborators who would you really want to work with again or for your first time oh my god uh in terms of what in terms of actors in terms of directors yeah actors and directors yeah like dream or people i've worked with uh dream yeah dream oh baby uh, i'd like to work with uh, Tom Hardy for sure. Oh, yeah, Oscar Isaac for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? You know who I just, I don't know. I like follow his Instagram and I'm like, oh, this guy seems like a pretty nice, pretty humble dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Batista. Oh, yeah. I think that would be, he, like, he's a dude, right? Uh-huh. He's like got his own style. He's doing all this stuff. I just feel like he'd be a great guy to hang out with. Yeah, yeah, he's he's had a very interesting path. Like it's almost like if you were to take the rocks path, but then somehow turned it a little bit more like dramatic. Because I think that was Mm -hmm. Dave Bautista's like real goal. Because like he started off with in um in wrestling like John Cena and uh, and The Rock, but like I feel like John Cena and The Rock are really going more like mainstream action, whereas Dave Bautista has really been trying to get some of those more subtle roles some more dramatic yeah. roles like especially his his role in um blade runner 2041 i think Nine. yeah yeah oh 2049 yeah you're right at uh, 2049 where he, he he i think he turned a lot of people's heads by by 
being able to put on a role that was kind of counter to what he's been known for, which is just just action. But he was mm-hmm. he had to have a little bit of more of that that like look behind the eyes for his character. And like for yeah. for your roles as well, like you've appeared in a lot of very action uh, oriented movies as well. Do you find yourself uh, wanting to look for roles that are like providing the same type of um, style or is it something where it's like maybe like you said, you, you kind of maybe want to branch out to other things as well. Try to see some of that versatility in, in the offers or, or in your goals. Oh, for sure. For sure. I don't think you can ever, I can't, I want to do everything, man. I'm greedy. Yeah. It's like a buffet. I want to do everything. We're doing a play at the end of the year called rabbit hole. Um, and that's just like this super heavy emotional thing, which is yeah. so rare to do. Um, I'm doing a TV series in a couple of months as well, which is like, I don't know, same sort of thing, like a psychologically deranged man. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I, I want to do everything. <laughs> 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 I get, I don't, yeah, you know, I mean, you can run it. I like, I love everything. You know, mm-hmm. it's fun. Everything's fun in some way. Nice. Mm-hmm. You know? It's that range, man, that we always want. And I'm so excited to see you in like dramatic roles too. And on top of all the action roles that you have, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It'll be fun, man. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to ask you about this one thing though. Like uh, your commercial work has been extremely uh-huh. eclectic too. Like you've had bits with KFC and then also with like an air conditioning company and everything. And those commercials, man, they are so high energy. I don't know how many costume <laughs> changes, how many different looks you've had and everything. How did you manage to stay with that stamina and energy all day on those commercials? Well, let me tell you, you don't have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got the gig and they're shooting and they say, okay, okay, Jai, we need we need a crazy dance and we need your eyes to basically be popping out of your head. Go. Yeah, yeah. You're like, well, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. The uh, aircon commercial, again, talking of long hours, that was like, that was a 20 hour shoot. What right? the hell? So you have to maintain that energy, which is wild, which is wild. Um, uh-huh. It sucks, but it's okay. Doable. <laughs> Coffee. And- Coffee. Micro naps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, you killed it as Colonel Sanders, man. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. The role I was born to play, many have said, you know? There we are. There we are. Uh, for all our listeners and viewers, um, let, let, let's link up the, those two commercials, at least on your Instagram, because I think they're on your Instagram. So we'll have to let our viewers watch them because, man, that takes energy, man. And props to you for like just the pure commitment and energy levels to do it. It's, it's hard. <laughs> Dude, you know, I think that's kind of just me. I don't, I don't know if it's like anything out of the ordinary. <laughs> I think they probably just said, "Okay, just give us a wave." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, man! That—that's why they casted you, man. It's perfect, man. It's perfect. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> Not case. Uh-huh. Um. Hmm. I, I wonder. I, I want to balance this with like. A, a actory question right there. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, I see Meisner is mentioned a lot at the actor's gym, especially on your website and everything. Um, you know, like in, in, in terms of the main difference, there's like the Stanislavski camp and then there's the Meisner camp there. Um, 
do you do you identify more with with Meister techniques as opposed to Stanislavski? And and if you do, like like what attracted you to more of that teaching? No, not really. I don't. Um, oh. I know Davina does. Like mm. uh, in her mind, it's uh, safer. Do you know what I mean? It's like safer. psychologically safer mm. technique. Mm. Um, I I think though that it, well, from my experience, everybody most people um, kind of pick and choose. Okay. You know, you take what works, you take what doesn't. If mm -hmm. substitutions and things like that, I love using the substitution. Mm -hmm. um, some people hate it, uh, but you just have to, the great thing about Meister is that it brings you right into the room, right? It makes it all about the other person. Mm -hmm. um, if you compare that with some substitution, great, but for other people like, but for some people, it takes a lot to, um, not always be focused on substitution. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. You can really turn the focus like in here. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I enjoy Meisner, but I, I wouldn't say that that's like my thing. Right, 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 right. And, and did you have that realization through your years of acting or is it just something that, that just came to you naturally that you just realized? I think oh. when, mm -hmm. No, no. I think that when you're, when you're, you kind of feel right. Like if you, yeah. if you like, I'm going to dedicate, I'm going to dedicate um, a couple of months to practicing Myers that are doing a script like this. You're like, Oh, this is good. This is good. I'm getting something from this. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'd be like, well, I, I could just a little sprinkle of this guy and a little sprinkle of this guy as well. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. I hear you. And of course, different projects need different things. Yep. Yep. I guess you kind of hit it on the nail though. It kind of depends on the, on the role itself too, depending on which, mm -hmm. Yeah, which camp that you identify with more? Um, True. Like I'm, I'm not going to go out and live the life of a gruffalo <laughs> <laughs> for six months. Sorry, sorry, wife. Sorry, girlfriend. Sorry, dog. I'm gone. I'm going to live in the jungle, the deep dark wood. No. Sorry. Can you just explain? Maybe Josh already knows, but what is a gruffalo? Gruffalo? Why don't you know? I, I don't it's know. gnarly nails. <laughs> and purple, uh, purple spots all over his face. Just a big, like, uh, monster. I love it. Big wood monster. That, you know, is supposed to be a bad guy. He's oh, supposed okay. to be a bad guy, but he really just wants a friend, I think. I think he's, yeah. like, lonely. Find the love in the villain. That's, That's it. That's oh, it. man. Got to find the humanity in the Gruffalo. <laughs> in the, yeah. Or you are. find the Gruffalo within yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out you were the Gruffalo the entire time. <laughs> we all were. We all were, yeah. Um, oh but yeah, no, I think you, you mentioned as well uh, some improv that, that you've been working on as well or like been to a couple shows, um, especially, I guess, from a comedy standpoint, you know, you don't hear as much about that. Uh, in comedy in terms of Asia but from what I know like Shanghai is starting to develop a bit of a comedy scene uh, itself Beijing I know they have like a couple shows you know a little bit of a scene there as well uh, in terms of like say improv in Hong Kong you know is like have you uh, are you able to speak a little bit about that kind of like scene in Hong Kong or or if there yeah, is sure. even a vibrant one yeah I mean even all around Asia there's a lot of Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, you you might not know it, but there's like a lot in Korea, a lot in Japan, Philippines, oh. uh, Thailand. There's they have um, Singapore. 
there's uh, improv festivals all over the place. When you can travel, there's improv festivals all yeah, over the true. place. Um, and yeah, there's quite a quite a big improv scene in Hong Kong. Um, a lot of them do stand up as well, mm-hmm. which I've never done. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people that. I mean, there's there's the performers who improv, right? And then there's also like people who are English teachers or whatever else, finance or something. Mm-hmm. They come down and they they put on shows, and it's it's actually a pretty healthy community, I think. Nice. And there's actually a lot of like um, intermingling between the groups, which I think is quite unique. Nice. Yeah, so, and and I would imagine. Right, right. I would imagine also like there, you're gonna get some of that like the expat like improv community because like I I can definitely put in my mind what say North American improv style and like if anybody from North America goes to Hong Kong creates these improv shows like what those might look like. But then like it it would be interesting in, in terms of seeing how like a local Hong Kong Cantonese uh, crowd or or group of of uh, players would put on an improv show in Cantonese as well. Um, like how how those shows been? Have there been like shows where you can do like English and Cantonese uh, improvisation at the same time? Yeah, for sure, there definitely are, and oh, wow. you understand a lot more than you think you would. Oh yeah, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My group went over to Korea a couple of years ago, um, nice. and a lot of the other groups just did everything in Korea, and they did we did uh, games together, <laughs> right? Where you're speaking two different languages, and it's wow. actually surprisingly. Wow surprisingly easy to like uh-huh. understand yeah <laughs> and it wasn't just like like kind of slapstick humor it was still like text and everything text and voice hey i don't know about <laughs> i mean yeah it was it was still you, there was a lot of talking it was silly yeah um yeah. but i mean basically gibberish for each side right nice yeah, yeah. man that, that's the thing like uh, uh, we were supposed to go to hong kong in, in December of this year, of course, plans are probably going to change and everything, but there is like a, a underbelly, a swell, like you said previously, of the arts that are coming within Hong Kong. And and thanks for starting up that gym, because I will just curate the next generation to look into acting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, let's not be crazy. I'm not single-handedly responsible for the future of Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Awesome. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I know you you've worked with uh, another giant of of like action films as well, you know, Jackie Chan and it's not Oh yeah. It's not it's uh it's it's so interesting to be able to say talk to somebody who's who's been on set and had some like physical um physical set pieces with him as well. Like so you've worked with Jackie Chan on Dragon Blade and uh, Skip Trace which are like two kind of like diametrically like differently toned films uh one's more like a historical set piece the the other one is a bit more of an action comedy i'm wondering like in terms of working with jackie chan on both of those two different ones was there something that you could see in how he came to set on a day-to-day basis that was like different with the different uh settings yeah absolutely yeah i think um it's a really good question the uh for dragon blade it was huge right it was there were like 300 extras, you know, oh. and then the, it was like a big, big movie in the middle of nowhere in the desert. Um, and what really stuck out about Jackie then was that it was, he was very much like um, looking after everything, 
you know, mm. he very much had like the, the producer hat on as well, but not only the producer mm. hat, like, I mean, he would walk around and like pick up rubbish and stuff, you know, like wow. he was just like, you know, making horses were getting water and like crushing water bottles and stuff. He was very much like the, the, the father <laughs> wow. for the, for the film. Uh, where Skiptris is a much more of a smaller scale, you know. Well, smaller scale compared to that, still, yeah. you know, pretty big. Yeah. Wow. But he's, was... he's a super nice guy. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, you know, you do hear some, he's, he's, he's been dedicated to his craft for so long as well. Was there, was there something, especially in terms of like, like a physicality as well to his performance? Was there anything there that you noticed uh, in how he performed or how he approached his scenes that was, was kind of like a learning point for you as well that you, you would uh, bring to your own um, craft? Yeah, there was the, um, he's got a very kind of like frenetic, fast energy, right? You know, mm -hmm. like everything he's doing. And you can, he was kind of talking us through it at one point, um, trying to get us to do it. Huh. Uh, it's like, if you're chasing someone or you're running away from someone, rather than like running, you know, whatever it is, it's like being really light on your feet and always finding like little things to go. Like, should I go this way? No, I'm going this way. You know, there's a guy over here. Where should I go? Um, mm. And he very much like approaches action and action choreography, kind of like a frenetic dance, you know, like a yeah. improvised dance sort of thing. And even in terms of choreography, you know, like the stunt team will create the set piece and, um, he'll come in and he'll be like, no, no, okay, let's try this. Let's change this bit over here. What if you kick me in the face here? Then I can do this, you know? And it's all very collaborative. Oh, that, that makes sense. Because as you were saying, like frenetic, kind of looking down, looking the other way, I can immediately just imagine Jackie Chan, like nervously running down a hallway, just looking around for, for where the person he's chasing or... or yeah, like, or like looking for things to use, right? Like that's his thing. He'd be like, yeah, oh, what yeah. can I use to like protect myself? There's a broom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're you're right. Yeah. He definitely had his eyes are constantly looking, assessing the the, the environment and scene, and like, yeah. oh, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. It's definitely not the Tom Cruise run where I know it's like straight up just down the like tunnel a kind missile. of missile. Yeah. 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 Great point, Jai. I never realized like that was intentional that his head movement with mm. that. Yeah. But it's also practical, right? Because if you're, I don't know if you've had to run a camera before, but it's. Oh, yeah. A pain in the ass because they've got the, the camera and they've got everything. They're like, okay, we want you to sprint, right? So first take, bam, they're like, oh, way too fast, way too fast. We can't keep up. <laughs> we want you to sprint at a walking pace. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, how do you sprint at a walking pace? And this is one way to do it, right? Like if you're constantly like, um, you know, slowing your pace yeah. down because you're looking for other things to do, mm -hmm. that's one way to do it. Because if you just jog, it looks like you're jogging. That's a bit right. weird, you know? Right, right, right. Oh. It's interesting. It's about like changing the intention of the run, which is like a, a really like important hmm. lesson to learn. Laying down the gems on that. I never thought of that. That's good. Yeah. Valuable, Shit, stuff, valuable stuff. Valuable stuff. <laughs> awesome. Um, on that note, do you want to go into word association? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's let's okay. go with uh, our end of podcast game that we like to play with our guests uh now that we've gone through talked about the process of making it you know we just want to get to get into the dive into the mind of of jai and uh and then so what's going to happen is lucas and i will have 10 words 
that we will each say in order. And uh, Jai, what you're going to do is clear your mind. And then with every word that we say, you just say the first word or thought or image thing that comes to your mind after we say our prompting word. So are you ready? It's a dangerous game. It is. a dangerous game. It is. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, So I'll start off and then Lucas will finish us off. So get ready. Your first word, clear your mind, is childhood. Ooh, playground. Mm. Next word, banana. Bananarama. Next word, sun. Moon. Solitude. Ooh. Uh... Obelisk. Obelisk. Oh, mm-hmm. what a name. Monolith. That's what I was trying to be like. A monolithic obelisk. That's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. Thinking. Oh, interesting. Right. Just because it would be like kind of standing up by itself on a, like a flat plane yeah. or something like that. Kind yeah. of thinking like 2001 A Space Odyssey. Ah, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Nice, nice. That's a great image. Great image. Okay. Clear your mind. Next word is goal. Goal or gold? Goal. Oh, Pele! That's what. That's what's up. All right. Next word. Mm. River. Phoenix. Circle. (laughs) Oh, of life. Is is that what the laugh was for? Because... Yep. You know, hilarious. Our, our last, guest, yeah, sorry, Josh. Yeah, our, you're right, Lucas. Like our last episode, our guest also kind of. Uh, I'm pretty sure we all the guys are just like you know might have that one thing that pops into your mind, but uh, we'll go a circle of life. Essentially, <laughs> essentially, it is the process of making life. So the circle of <laughs> circle of yeah, making yeah, yeah. life to That's a certain it. degree. <laughs> yes. Anyways, next word. Mm. Kumquat. Uh, tangerine. Hmm. Winning. Uh, Trumpy boy. Hmm. Trump. I don't know why. Trump, Trumpy boy. Oh, Trump. He reminds me of uh, oh, winning. Oh, yeah, I see. Charlie Sheen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wh- you know what? Yeah, because both of them, you can imagine them saying like winning in their way, in their little way. Yeah. 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 Cool. And uh, last word is. Finished. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, finish him. Finish him. Solid, solid, solid. All right, Lucas, Mm -hmm. you're 10. All right, all right. You feel good, Jai? Feel good? Not not really. I feel terrified and alone, but sure, let's (laughs) try it. (laughs) Okay. All right, right. First word of 10. Let's go. Action. Uh, Explosion. Which leads to Terry Crews. Oh, nice, nice. Jim. Uh, junkie. Um, movement. Flow. Choice. Sophie's. Oh, Sophie's. Oh, okay. Sophie's choice. Nice. Hong Kong. Uh, energy. Outcome. 
conclusion. Wish. Uh, dream. Luck. Luck or luck? Uh, uh, luck. Luck. Uh, horseshoe. Mm. And the last one, Jai Day. Oh, God. <laughs> Sell out. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, let's go for on the process. Hmm. There we are. Give it up for Mr. Jai Day. Hey. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you thank so you much guys. for coming on. No, thank you for having me, guys. Awesome. Um, any projects you want to promote or anything like that? Um, what have I got? I've got a TV series coming out soon. I've got uh, shooting another one in a couple of months. The Gruffalo. If you're in Hong Kong, come see the Gruffalo in October. Hello. Bring your little kitties. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, otherwise, that's it, I think. Oh, awesome. Or improv. If you want to come see improv comedy, look for TBC HK. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Awesome. TBC HK. Cool. And, we, oh, and if uh, you want to follow my little dog on Hendrix, cutest little thing. <laughs> It's at the Hendrix Day on Instagram. Nice. Oh, we'll check that out for sure. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? What are your handles? I find me on Instagram at Jai, J-A-I. Uh, Twitter, I don't really use, but you can find me on at Jai underscore day. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, we'll have all the links for Jai Day so you can follow him in the video and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, dude, the Gruffalo will be awesome, man. It's it's a new audience, yeah. and I've yeah, l- definitely let us know how that goes because it sounds pretty interesting. Well, I, guys, I'll get you front row seats. Don't worry about it. Nice, nice. Got to get you sort out the plane tickets and the quarantine. <laughs> I'll sort out the seats. There we are. There we are. Uh, Josh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Josh Yang Comedy across all social media, and of course, you could listen to my other podcast, The Sleep with Josh podcast where I read uh, genuinely boring things like the dictionary and laws uh, to help you fall asleep in my monotone voice. So you could listen to that. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome idea. Yeah. No, give it a try. Give it a try. If you want to hear somebody count sheep for an hour, I got an episode of that as well. So uh, listen to the sleep with Josh podcast and uh, Lucas. Hey, what are your handles? Uh, Everyone can find me across social media at Lucas John Ng. Again, the last name is just two letters. And for Nancy G for golf. And if you like what you see and hear, you can listen to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. But if you like the YouTube stuff, you can also find our video stuff and Jai's cutest Hendrix. Yeah, this is Hendrix. Oh, you can oh, also adorable. see Hendrix if you follow us on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. And also, if you do have the time, Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love reading them. So far, we have two. And next episode, we'll read them out loud because they are really heartfelt and we really appreciate the support. Um, yeah, give it up for Jai Dagan. Thank you so much. Yes. And give it up for you guys. Yeah. Oh, hey. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.